podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of the Coppin Crushes. Welcome to a brand new episode of Pop and Frapper, brought to you by the good folks over at Touchline Media Group. I'm your host today, Fahi, and joining me is a stellar cast of my fellow Liverpool supporting chums. Mush, how are we doing, sir? I'm alright, man, I'm alright. Liverpool, you know, people accepting Liverpool's place at the top now. Nice to hear that on the main pod as well, so good to see that the subjects are all conforming. Yeah, man. Brother, what's, what's going on with your beard? Are you, are you going to have a shape-up anytime soon, or what? Akiting. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm, see, I'm seeing where I can take this, to be honest. <laughs> Come on. We're still tier three where I am, so the barbers are just limiting me. Okay, okay. Sorry, man. I just had to ask the question, because obviously we, we've got a YouTube it's channel right, that the videos... People watch the live now, it to see what you're attacking, so... <laughs> it's going. true, it's true. Smart plug, man. Glam, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, what's up, then, mate? Mate, where have you been? Last last couple of weeks, you've been silent, man. Not in the pod. Yeah, do you know what, Ali, brother? A cycle accident. You know what I mean? I weren't feeling myself, my my, my bubbly self. So I couldn't come on and give you like, any real stick, you know? So I thought I'd just sit on the sidelines. But you've been doing well, man. You've been flying the flag well, man. I've been impressed. I thought thank I didn't you, want to make it back on. But thanks for the call-up today, though, yeah? No worries, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, our, our main host, now now sitting in the number two seat for today. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm alright, man. How about you? I'm alright, man. I'm a bit tired, you know, but, you know, life's okay, so that's the main thing. And, yeah, and Mark, with his with his colourful headgear for today. Yeah, man. And a little something, something. I can't 
I completely I don't think you can see it, sorry. <laughs> that was a bit of a tongue twister for me. But yeah, man, that's good, man. Being a Liverpool fan is great at the moment, man. Just enjoying each and every win. Each and every step we take towards that back-to-back. Fair. I mean, I, I don't think we'd be this jubilant after the last couple of months that we've had. But yeah, somehow it, Klopp has made it work, man. But yeah, before we get started, mm. let me get the plugs out of the way. The sooner our listeners do this, the less we have to waste at the start of every single episode. So... Let me go number one with the YouTube channel. Please make sure to subscribe to the Touchline Fracker YouTube channel. Great content from all the club pods, including ourselves and the main Touchline Fracker podcast. We've got a live episode next week with some special guests. Um, so, yeah, please, youtube.com forward slash Touchline Fracker. There's a red button on the top right-hand side. It says subscribe. Just click it, please. That's all you need to do, and we'll stop bugging you. So that's that. And then we've got the Patreon channel. So we've got brand new content locked and loaded on the Copy and Fracker Patreon page, including a brand new episode with the Anfield Wraps, Neil Atkinson. Chris was on that episode. Chris, do you want to give a slight sneak peek on what it's about? Yeah, I'm not going to give too much away because if you want the whole, if you want the whole hog, you've got to subscribe to uh, the Patreon page. But yeah, it was really good tactical insight we did with Neil. So that was myself, Mike and David. Uh, talked about everything from... Uh, after the international break and the Christmas period going forward as well. We must do a little bit of a cheeky analysis of our title rivals in quotation marks. So yeah, do be sure to check that out. Great stuff. And also when you sign up to the Patreon page, you get access to all of the live discord commentary throughout the week. And I swear to you, it's worth every single penny. You got me, Mark, you get Ellis, you get Chris jumping on, Anik, you get Harold. The way we laugh at our ops is hilarious. Trust me. Right now is the best time to sign up because you get Discord access and the, the commentary is hilarious. So, yeah, make sure to sign up to that. Patreon.com forward slash copy and fracker. And that's it. I think that's the end of the vlogs for today. So, um, let's get on with, you know, the agenda. Let's discuss Wolves. Obviously, I spoke to Mark about the Wolves game on our Patreon page. So, um, Glam, let's go to you. How did you feel about the Wolves result? Uh, mate, um, I'll be honest. Um... You know, I, I predicted 2-1. I predicted a tighter game um, than it was. And I can't I can't lie, man. That was, it was a fantastic performance, you know. Um, phenomenal. One of our, our best performance, probably one of the best performances this season. Um, and in knowing that, we've had, what, maybe, what, seven or eight players out? Maybe even more. And um, alteration around the team and the changes. And, I mean, Quiver and Kelleher. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's, it's it's all positives, all positives, not one negative, man. Amazing, amazing. Mersh, how about yourself? How do you feel after Sunday night? Oh, I mean, I've I've spoken for quite a few weeks about how proud I am of this team, just about coping. But I, I think there's one thing we would accept coping and doing our best, but the level of quality we're showing is just outrageous because it's not even necessary at the moment. And it, it, it's just a great time to really support Liverpool because whether it's mentality, whether it's quality, we're just, I think we're just setting a new standard of, of what to be because we've seen other rivals crumble with fewer injuries. I mean, City got so many excuses without Laporte last year. We've lost Laporte equivalent players throughout the season and a lot more than one. And we're, we're just playing at a level that makes me think we're still in these, in the top, you know, echelons of football with all these problems. So, yeah, just bursting with pride and can't wipe the smile off my face, man. Beautifully said, Mush. Beautifully said. Chris, how about yourself? Yeah, it was, um, 
it was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it was a weird one because I thought Wolves wouldn't have set out with the four at the back. Plus, it's your second team. Yeah, exactly. So I managed to get <laughs> stick it to a few of my uh, I stuck it to a few of my mates afterwards. So they were uh, they were they, they didn't have enough of me at the end of that. But uh, I just want to touch on the fact that it was nice to have um, nice to have fans in the ground first and foremost. Um, I mean, I never normally watch kind of like the pre-match stuff, you know, with the kickabouts and that. But it was great to see. Obviously, as soon as the team came out, do the warm-ups and do the drills. That there was already an excitement in the air, and even though it was two thousand people, it felt like a full house. I mean, the two minutes of uh, the cop singing the Firmino song was uh, was absolutely fantastic. And I'm not one to get emotional over things like that, but it's just really good to see everyone back in the ground, everyone happy, really, because you know when you do go to a football match, it's quite like a religious experience. You know, everyone's going to this uh, one act that they've been looking forward to for their week, and it's just good to see everyone happy again. And of course, it was backed up by all three points and four fantastic goals. Yeah, and you know what? What was weird? I don't feel like we got out of second gear. Honestly, like I, I don't think we were at our our optimum kind of performance levels at all, and we kind of just pushed Wolves aside. But let's get into some individual performances. Um, Glam did mention Kevin Kelleher. Glam, do you want to say anything more about him? Like, how how do you feel with Kelleher behind the sticks? Uh, between the sticks, sorry. So obviously, it's been two games now. He's had a Champions League game. He's had a Premier League game. So you've seen him in two yeah. different environments. Um, how, how are you feeling this season compared to last season? Um, I'll be honest. I was just, first of all, I was, I was surprised before his first start in the Champions League. I thought Adjo would have just came straight in for Allison. Um, so that was a, that was a shock in itself. But obviously, the coach is seeing week in week out, and um, you know he took his chance. But although he done the basics right, he looked okay. The Wolves one was a major test that I was looking forward to see, and he come out of flying colours. Also, I think I mentioned it in the group as well. He just his handling and his positioning particularly impressed me. Like you can shop stop all you want, but positioning and handling, and you do command in your area. Those are the major keys for me as a goalkeeper. And that was he twenty one um, or so. You know, yeah. um, like that's that's a baby for a keeper. And you know he's got he's got Alterberg there, one of the best coaches, the goalkeeper coaches around. He's got Allison, I mean, best keeper in the world. And it's showing now. It's showing. And, you know, I don't want to see Adrian again unless Keller has injured, I'll be honest with you. So, yeah, man, hats off to him, man. He, he impressed me. He really impressed me. Mersh, how about yourself? What, what are your thoughts on Keller? So, so, so impressed. I mean, I, I kind of mentioned in one of our Patreon pods about how there's. it doesn't look like Kelleher is a keeper who's being instructed by the players in front of him who are more senior. It looks like Kelleher's the one controlling situations. Yeah. I think that's such a massive thing for any keeper to have because, like I was saying before, about keepers see the whole game. So you really need a keeper with authority because he's got full view of the pitch. And and I just think, like Glam said, there's no kind of... You know when we used to have keep players like Mignolet and stuff? We used to always say he might have one facet of the game like shot stopping, but then he's lacking in other things. I would rather have a well-rounded keeper who was a seven in everything than have a nine, but then big gaping holes in their game and I think that's a, a big thing for me in a what you want is a drama free position as a goalkeeper yeah no I agree Chris how about yourself so obviously with Keller you, you can see the difference with the way he controls the ball with his feet and I think that's probably half the reason why Klopp did select him for the last couple of games um, just just how easy it is to pass it to him under pressure and the way he just deals with it 
Yeah, it looks unflappable, doesn't he, really? Which is really a key asset. I mean, especially when you see Adrian in the past few games, we've seen him. I mean, bloody hell. He, if it's him not nervous, it's the entire back four, isn't it? I mean, it's trying to not pass back to him and stuff. But it's nice to see. And you've got to give massive credit to John Atterberg as well, because, I mean, for, I mean, me, me and you have talked about this a lot recently. Um, kind of the Kelleher that we saw against Villa in some of the League Cup games as well is a far gone person as the guy we're seeing right now. So in terms Mate. of taking that. It's night and day. It's it's insane because he looks like he's bulked up a little as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, full credit to Afterberg and and, and Allison as well because it was quite nice to see that uh, Keller has said that you know he was getting a lot of instruction from Allison kind of like during the past few games and he got a well done text throughout the week as well. So no, full credit to everyone at the club really for just taking this this ball of clay and moulding into a hopefully a really good backup for us in the long term. So, what would you do tomorrow with the Michelin game? Would you actually like keep Kelleher in? Because obviously, we're ex- we're I don't want to jinx it. Touch wood, we're expecting Allison back for the Fulham game. So, would you play Kelleher tomorrow? Or would you just let Adrian play because it's a nothing game? Nah, you, I think you've got to ride the momentum, really, haven't you? I mean, uh, he'll do wonders for his confidence even more, and it's just a good way of rewarding him for all his hard work, really, because we fully expect Allison to be back for the Fulham game. Yeah, and the thing is, it's crazy, but the last couple of games, I felt so at ease with Kelleher in goal. I don't even want to rush Allison back for the Fulham game. Honestly, I'm just like, you know what? If Allison needs another game, if he needs another three days to be fit for the Spurs game, cool. Let let him rest a few more days. Just let Kelleher play against Fulham. That's probably also a testament to the quality of the Fulham team that they're going to be facing. Um, <laughs> but, but but yeah, I, I wouldn't even mind Kelleher playing that game either. Yeah, exactly that. I feel like I share the same sentiment. I don't even mind Alisson sitting out Fulham because Kelleher looks so assured in everything that he does, even the distribution of both feet. And distribution has been a major problem for Adrian for quite some time. We've seen so many times where he's passed it to opposition and this resulted in a goal. But the fact that Kelleher can do it on both feet and he's not, when he's unsure about himself, he boots it. Like, I've always screamed that Adrian, if you're unsure about anything or you're not too confident in your ability to pass it to someone closer to you, boot it long. Just get the fuck out of there. And Kelleher does that enough for me that I'm not too worried about when the ball goes back to him. There was a couple close scares against Wolves where he let the player come a bit too close to him and PTSD setting. That's why I'm panicking a little bit, but he looks really, really good, man. And if Adrian does need a couple more days, I'm happy to leave him out for them. I think the thing as well, I mean, I think at this point we can say that Allison's a fairly injury prone goalkeeper. He's, you know, he's I think for the past 12 months, the track record speaks for itself. And you feel, like we've all said, we feel confident and we feel happy if Kelleher was to mm-hmm. start against Fulham. And that as a plan B, as opposed to having Adrian, where we were literally just bricking ourselves when we thought he was going to play, um, is, is a nice thing to have, especially when you have someone like Allison who is acceptable to the odd injury. Yeah, uh, uh, so so we are we all agreeing now that Allison is an injury prone goalkeeper? No. Nope. Yeah, I'm not. not agreeing with that. I'm not agreeing with that. No. Nope. Because the injury this year was a shoulder injury in it, which okay. was from a clash with Trent. And for me, impact injury should be discounted from the injury prone conversation. If someone has an impact injury, same way when Anik is talking about Thiago, and while Thiago is historically injury prone. The injury that he picked up was not. 
Sorry, I, just, I like how you just complete. I like how you just got like made your point and then just like threw Anik right under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was fantastic. You know what I mean, I mean, I'm not quite Sometimes every now and then someone needs to hold a shot, but um, certain injuries are not the player's fault, in my opinion. Um, with the yeah, is that injury prone, no. If if, play, if injury if it's not a player's fault, it's still injury prone, no, isn't it? Like I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying injury is injury, you know. Or you're saying no? I wouldn't class that. I wouldn't class it as that. So I would discount impact injuries full stop because impact injuries can happen to any player regardless of their injury. Okay. It could just be one off where, for example, Joe Gomez. I Joe Gomez is someone who we class as injury prone, but Joe Gomez gets burned. He was completely impact. Well, some people would say he's injury yeah. prone, and his one against Burnley, which was his most recent significant injury, was an impact injury. And someone mm-hmm. went straight through him. How can you account for that? How do you tell the player to adjust the way they're running or strengthen certain body parts when someone goes right through them? And Thiago's yeah. with Rickalson and Allison's with Trent Alexander-Arnold um, was impact. Like, how do you account for someone going into you when you're not prepared for it? You get injured on that basis. The, yeah. first, so the Brighton one, which was a hamstring injury, I think was down to... Do you see how frequently he came out? What he was sprinting literally everywhere, mm. all over the pitch, and yeah, he looked like he did. He looked like he did it when he ran out for that header. Yeah, so yeah. he was very, very active against Brighton, and because he hasn't had to be that active in recent games, I'm assuming he his muscles have not adjusted to that little burst of pace, and he's picked up an injury based on that. Because he still played on, and Klopp did say something like, "We didn't even expect an injury to occur." Then we saw a little scan, and there was a hamstring injury. So, with those type of things, I'm not really going to discount and say, I'm not really going to hold that against him and call him injury prone because I think it can't be avoided in certain aspects, the bright, so the shoulder injury and the Brighton one. But prior to that, I think, like Joe has said, he has put on a bit of weight where he looks a bit of a pudgy goalkeeper and he could be in better shape. But, yeah, I'm not going to call him injury prone. I can't yeah, do no. Yeah, no, Oh, but you're calling fat. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling him a little bit pudgy. I'm calling him a little bit pudgy. No, with him with body for football is a bit pudgy. With, with Edru, I mean, with Allison, he, he, I mean, for me, when you're playing over 20 odd games a season in the Premier League alone, and all competitions you're playing over 30, for me, you're not injury prone. I think he, he's he has had niggles and he has a certain age in a major one or two months, but I think a lot of it is to do also with protocol. So I think we could. We could rush him back for we might he might have made the last game I think, but in terms of obviously what's going on now obviously how we're managing players we don't have to rush him back, and I think that comes into the thing once he keeps on getting injured maybe say every other game or every other three four five games then I would say injury prone but I don't think he's injury prone for me he's getting injuries but I don't think he's injury prone. When I sit bars in the rain, when I go hard Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now... Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, 
Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueIsle. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueIsle. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, like okay. similar to Matip, we know Matip can't really. Nah, he's injured, bro. He proves us wrong. He proves us wrong, but you can see how he's been managed. I'm assuming Allison will be managed in the same way moving forward. Um, he will might be afforded rested rest during training as opposed to doing a full contact session, but the team at Liverpool will look after him. I don't assume that this will be an ongoing issue. Okay, fair point. All right, so so we, we're discussing like minor injuries, and there was someone who played on Sunday that picked up a knock last Wednesday night, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Um, Andrew Robertson. So obviously he's he's been playing through the pain barrier, in my opinion. I can clearly see it in the way he's playing right now. Um, Mush, I know you want to speak a bit about Robertson's performances recently. I think a few people also said he was man of the match on Sunday. To be honest. Yet on Sunday, you could have picked anyone to be man of the match. Everyone was that good. Um, Mush, what did you want to say about Robertson? Oh, Robbo, man. I, I, I absolutely adore this guy because I, what I need to understand about Andy Robertson is that he's playing on a wing, right? So you're normally coming up against a winger and a fullback who more often than not in professional football are the fastest people in the team and the fittest people in the team. So I don't understand how Andrew Robertson looks so much fitter and faster than everyone else he's directly up against. Like, it's actually phenomenal to watch how he, like, can just make five strides and power pass wingers who you think will roast most fullbacks. It's, in, it's incredible to watch. And I think probably most people's favorite thing about Andrew Robertson, especially one of mine, is that... You know when you watch a lot of football and it doesn't need to be Liverpool, you know when a fullback picks up the ball and you think, oh, I wish he was brave enough to just play it into that striker. Or I wish no he was names, brave enough. Alan Wan-Bissaka. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Do you that. know what? Even, even players better going forward than Wan-Bissaka because there's lots of footballers you think, oh, if he was brave enough, he could just whip that into the front man and make him run. Mm. Robertson does exactly what you hope every fullback will do when he gets the ball. And it's, it's just brilliant to watch. And like I, I, I tweeted it about I don't, I'm not the kind of Liverpool fan to think every player we've got is the best player in the world. But for me, there is no level above what Robertson does at fullback. Yes, maybe defensively a fullback could tackle better, but in terms of athletically, in terms of what he's good, got on the ball, delivery, you know, that for me, he's the perfect fullback and it really, it really is insulting that other fullbacks can, can have three good games and suddenly get equated to a fullback yeah. as good as Andy Robertson. Here and here. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> cough, cough. Cough, cough. <laughs> oh, me. Oh, but, man. yeah, no, nah, nah, he just deserves everything, every bit of praise that comes towards him. And as well as that, all the charity stuff he's doing as well. You can see he's a top guy. His series with Trent is really good as well in the car. So, yeah, just yeah. loving everything he's doing at the moment. Yeah, 100% agree. Does anyone else want to say anything about Robbo? Well, I think Robertson's an absolute monster. So, like, in terms of looking back on his progression, he's come from Hull. Um, before Hull, he wasn't signed to anywhere at all, without professional football for a while. And just his ability to persevere on, his 
shows you what type of character he is and what type of character Klopp wants in the team. Um, I'm not too sure if you've read his book, but I know the extract came out about this specific thing where they did this underwater challenge and they had to literally get to their last breath. And he was like, that showed him how far he can push his body. And since then, he's been able to show us exactly what he can do. Um, I think he's he gives us so many so much variety in terms of his crossing, mm-hmm. in terms of his playmaking ability, in terms of what he does on the pitch. He shut down Adama Traore last game, who is probably the most dangerous winger on his day. Shut him down completely. So the fact that he had to move over to Nico and still got shut down on Nico's side. Shout out, Nico. But you can literally tell Robertson puts his all into every single game. As you said, he's played for a pain barrier right now. He doesn't need to. We've got a left-back that was brought in for that purpose to be a backup left-back. But because Robbo gives his all in every single facet of his game, he's far and above most people. Fair, 100%. 100%. And there's a final shout-out I want to do um, to one of Glam's boys, um, someone he... He defended quite heavily um, a month ago in the chat when a couple of people, I'm not going to name names, were kind of disrespecting his name. Um, his name is Genie Wine Aldum. He's he's been an absolute beast for us the past couple of months. Um, the performance levels have been very good. There's nothing you can say about him to kind of criticise him right now, other than him not signing a contract. And he topped it off with a stellar performance against Wolves with a great goal. Glam, what were your thoughts on Ginny on Sunday and what are your thoughts on him right now? I can't lie, man. I've got a little buzz when he scored. I can't lie. <laughs> I've got a little buzz when he banged. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna square it and then he popped it top corner. I was like, bang. But um nah man, G- I, I I love Genie, man. I can't lie. I do love Genie. And I understand obviously because I'm for instance, I'm not a massive Henderson fan. I've grew on Henderson over the seat over the years. Yeah. And some people are massive Henderson fair, but yeah, I think the same thing goes with Genie. Some are not a massive Genie fan, but then at some stages that he grows and grows and grows. Because look at him for Holland, look at him for Liverpool. But they're two different roles. But I just see what he does for the team. Like he's like he, he, how he breaks up play sometimes, how he he's energy from first minute to last. And I know sometimes your side passing will be frustrating when we're trying to get when we're trying to get a goal. But I just mean like his whole energy and his effort for the team. And you would never think that he's on his last year of his contract. You'll never think that at all. So, you know, a testament to him. I think, you, I think he will stay. I think he'd be a madman to leave, I'll be honest with you. I'd be disappointed if he leaves. But um, I, I think he will stay. He should stay, man, because he's, he's, he's a massive... And a clock. I think him, him probably, obviously, Henderson, Firmino, probably one of his clock's first three picks, I'll be honest with you. Like, as much as it, because that, he's that important to the team. Any role, any, any system we have, Genie can be in the middle to then altercate, okay, you're going to play around this person or that person and lead. You know what I mean? Silent leader, man. Now, well done for him, man. I'm happy for him as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm starting to feel like, you know what? Obviously, the, the move to Barcelona was quite obvious in the summer. Um, but the way they're kind of performing right now, I don't think Kuma's going to have a job in six months' time. So, is he really going to go to Barcelona <laughs> on a free if his buddy's not going to... Well, man. It's silly. Yeah, right. this is... This is the thing. So, you know what? I think he's probably going to be assessing the situation a bit more and kind of be like, you know what? If it's not Barca, then why would I not stay at Liverpool? So, exactly. it, it, it could go either way. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I want to I wanna focus a portion of this episode on 
a young star boy that doesn't get called a star boy enough, in my opinion. And I think that's testament to his maturity since he's come into the team. Um, he's someone known as Curtis Jones. He's been playing regularly for Liverpool this season and he's been giving us some amazing performances. And yet again, last week, he gave gave us two fantastic performances and yeah, I just kind of wanted us to kind of speak about his growth and what we've seen over the past twelve months. Um, Chris, what, what are your what's your thinking on Jones now compared to twelve months ago? I can't really remember what your opinion was on him when he first came through. Um, it's not one, is it? Because obviously the, the player we were first introduced to was really an attacking winger who's been remoulded into a central midfielder, which is, I think, something we should probably try in the future to do with Harvey Elliott as well. That's a conversation mm-hmm. for a, a, a Patreon pod far in the future. Um, right about that, by the way. Carry on. But you can see where he's developed his game. He's really taken the tutelage. I think he studied a lot under Lalana last year as well. And he soaked in a lot of information. And he's been playing there for the under-23s in the Champions League format of that competition. And the growth has just been absolutely unbelievable. Um I mean, I tweeted from the account last week that if if this if Curtis Jones was on a an Ajax or a Borussia Dortmund, we, they we, the media will be saying that they've done it again. They've gone and signed another fantastic gem of a player who will yeah. be who will be sold for about seventy eighty million um, at the end of the season. And to see what he's done and all the hard work he's put into his game and how he's just matured as well, because there's sometimes where he could, he could take a pop shot from about thirty yards. But he plays the safe pass and he just recycles the ball and recycles possession. He's gotten stronger in the air and his all-round game has just developed so nicely. And I don't even think about it as young Curtis Jones anymore. I think about him as first-team, fully-fledged Curtis Jones now. And it's absolutely delightful to see. Yeah, beautifully said. And like an interesting fact for you guys, he's already made the same amount of performances, the same amount of appearances this season than he did last season. And we're in December. So it kind of tells you how important he is to the team right now. Obviously, that that is a lot to do with injuries, but he's not let himself down at all. Um, I think some of his performances have been fantastic. Mush, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, I think Chris and yourself, you're, you're both spot on. I think one one great thing about Curtis Jones, which we've probably noticed, is that sometimes the, the things that impress you in youth football, you, you watch and they look great, but you think... Oh, in the senior game, are they really going to be able to do these things that we're impressed by? You know, taking three men on and wrapping it in the top corner or whatever. You're looking for maturity. And and I, I just look at Curtis Jones now. And I think the biggest thing now is like when we watch him as Liverpool fans, you just don't expect him to do anything wrong. It's, it, and, and it's almost like you expect certain players, maybe like an Ox, who's so much more experienced than him in terms of years and professional game. I expect Ox to have more of an up-and-down, helter-skelter game than the peace of mind that Curtis Jones will provide me. And, and I think that's just testament to, like Chris said, great coaching. And, and I think that whole thing of identifying wingers or good ball manipulators as eventual central midfielders, we saw that with Genie, even though he came from another club to kind of do that as well when he was playing there at Newcastle. It might be a, a new way of developing kind of footballers to become central midfielders so yeah it's just really exciting that we've got a player who at 19 can probably be in this Liverpool first team for a decade minimum without ever needing to worry about is he going to be ready because he's already ready Fair point, Um, Mark I want to talk to you about his 
his weaknesses, if if he has any. Like, have you seen anything in his game that you consider a potential issue in the future or currently? Okay, so I was going to class this as a strength in it. I remember when Mariah asked me about Curtis Jones for the first time. I said he's really decisive with everything he does. And he is willing to attempt the difficult passes. Like, as you saw for, um, I was going to say Marnie's goal, but Nathan Semedo's own goal. Um, the initial pass to Trent Alexander-Arnold is a difficult pass to do, and he shimmied past two people to do that, to pull it off. And I'm assuming going forward that could be something that holds him back, something where he tries to do a bit too much. But as assured as he is with his passing and as good as he is technically, it doesn't seem like it will be an issue at all. But that could be something there. And... In terms of anything else, like, he doesn't look weak in any other aspect of his game. Like He drifts around at the right time. He drifts into the right spaces. He covers the right amount of ground. As you can see from his heat map against Wolves, he covers the whole pitch, literally. Um, he's willing to receive the ball in tight areas. Um, stronger, now, stronger now as well, isn't he? She shields yeah, the ball like, so well. He just looks so good with every single thing that he does. I don't really know where his weakness would be. Um... If anything, I would say finishing because I guess I actually could have probably been banged free. And I know that's really harsh to say. That's me trying to pick out a point, but I don't see any weaknesses in this game at all. At all. Interesting. See, see, I feel as if I don't really think it's that much of a weakness, but I have seen there are times where he holds on to the ball too much when we're attacking. Yeah. And. But yeah. but by by the time he decides to release the ball, that phase of play has kind of ended. Yeah, um, so there was a instance against the Wolves where he was on the right yeah. and Salah was calling for the ball in the middle, which I get it at times. Like he's really progressive with his passing and all his other aspects and his build up play. But in the final third he holds on to the ball for a bit too long. But at the same time when someone has got a ninety five percent passing stat and he still is playing forward passes all the time. Can you really fault him? Maybe no. he could see that Salah was offside or Salah was going to be offside by the time he played the pass, so he held back a little bit. He retained the ball, recycled the ball, he still carried on the attack in that respect. So, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. OK, Glam, I, I know you're a big fan of, of kind of looking at the academy and looking at players. It's, it's kind of stone someone who stood up to you like three years ago before he got into um, the team. If I'm honest, uh, no. Um... Uh, I, I, his presence did. He, he's mm. one of the seniors, and obviously he was. Re- I'll be honest, with you, I'll be going by what I've been hearing about him. He's been mentioned as this next person, but in terms of stand, standing out for me, um, no. Um, but I've got to say, like even even started season. I know Everton lost in the FA Cup. He he, he scored a weldie, um, and he, he, I mean he, he announced himself at the scene. It was good to see how he can push on. Um, but he's confident this time round. He, he again, just like Kelleher, it seems like he's um, he's moved his game up a level. And, I, and I'm going to go. I'm not going to say because I'm a Liverpool fan. If he continue how he's playing now, just like Christian said, like if he was in a team of lesser stars and obviously not Liverpool and so focused, they'd be talking about this kid here, 19. Who's going to buy him in the summer? 78 mil link, blah 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 blah. He could get in the England team. Playing first, you know the problem would be would he play Liverpool week in week out? Obviously the competition we have, but in the team now, 
You know, he, he's he's made his own. He's now a first team player, and I, I'm impressed. I didn't see it coming. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't too sure, but no, nah, he's he's um, definitely impressed me. I was you know what, can I jump in quickly? Come on. Yeah. Um, so I've been saying with a midfield three, you need at least two sitting and one progressive passer. And I feel like that's the reason we're calling for Naby all last season and for the signing of Thiago all this summer. But Jones has been someone who's gone under the radar and can play that role. Like he gets into the box when he's needed. I believe against Wolves, he um, dribbled into the box four different times. Four different occasions, he really tries to be that last guy, so that last late run, and try to get into the box and support the attack. And when you need a player like that, and Naby is a fit, Thiago is a fit, Jones is such a breath of fresh air. Just being able to come in at, I believe, 19 still, and to be able to do that so efficiently. Just want to follow sure. up on the point that Mark made there. Um, so this is some of his numbers uh, by against Wolves. And we're talking about kind of how balanced we need our midfield to be in certain areas of the game. So, I mean, we're talking about his attacking attributes, you know, and Mark said he made four dribbles into the penalty box. Uh, he also had five ball recoveries and five duels one, out of four clearances. So it's, he's more than capable of doing the defensive side of the game as well, which for someone of, uh, of 19 is fantastic to see. And considering he was you know, a winger at one point as well. So the fact that he's like grasping the positional aspects of the of our midfield setup as well, he's just... It's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I am. Um, I, I was just going to say. I also spoke to uh, Tobes from uh, from the Tottenham uh, pod about um, kind of what he thought of uh, Curtis Jones in comparison to someone like Harry Winks, who was obviously highly thought of when he came through. Um, and he told me not by me, bro. Fucking hell. Well, I mean, <laughs> fucking, I hate Harry Winks. I can't stand that bloke. Hey. Well, I, I mean, I was speaking to him just about like kind of what he's seeing of Jones now compared to what Winks was showing. And he just said that Curtis Jones has so much to his game compared to Winks. Winks he said that Winks looks tidy, but he's very safe. And he's just like Jones as a 360 midfielder offering all parts of the game. He's like, you've just got a gem and you just need to work at him. So I think other people are, no, and it's not important, but other people are noticing that this kid is, is going to be a mainstay at the top level of football. For sure. And you know, you know what I'm really happy about? I think he has got a nice mix of midfielders to learn from. You've got, oh, well, mate, honestly, you, you can, and, and they've all got strengths in different departments that you need to be mm. a top player, right? Yeah. You've got Henderson for his leadership qualities. You've got Milner for his nous and just his adaptability. Same with Wijnaldum. And then you've got world-class Thiago. You've okay. got Ox for his helter-skelter approach at sometimes. Like, he's kind of got the, he's got a lovely mix of midfielders to learn from. And, the the world is his oyster, to be honest, man. Yeah. So, like, when people are comparing him to Lana, I understand he studied under Lana yes, last year, but I feel yeah. like he offers so much more than Lana. I mean, in terms of defensively, he looks he looks like Lana when Klopp first came in, like that type of eccentric midfielder that still puts in a lot of graft, that jumps from wherever you need to be to wherever they need to be, gets into the box, tries to get goals defends, gets clearances, looks like he's just a complete box-to-box midfielder that offers everything you need. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm just excited to see what how he does for the rest of the season and just moving forward because I think he's... You know, like, you get those youth players that come through and then you're like, you know what, I'm not sure he's actually going to make at the club. 
I'm pretty, I've been bang on straight away with Curtis Jones. Like, yeah, this kid is going to make it. The moment I learned, like, four years ago, he was bullying <laughs> kids in the academy, kicking their shins. And literally, like, people were complaining about him being a bully. And, like, I was like, you know what? This guy's <laughs> got the right mentality, man. This guy's 15 years old, kicking on little kids. <laughs> this, this is the one I'm going to focus on. <laughs> so, yeah, I like him, man. I like him. Good kid. Um, cool. All right. So, let, let's discuss our position right now in the domestic league and obviously in Europe as well. We've already qualified can, can, for can the I just, can, can I just touch on two other things from the Wolves? Go on, Chris. Three other, three other things from the Wolves game. First of all, Connor Cody, um, if it wasn't apparent <laughs> that he can't, he, if he can't play in a back in a back two, by the way, it was very much apparent on Sunday. Fucking oh, The way Anik was sorry. Anik, I'm looking at the camera. I'm looking at the camera. I'm looking right at you. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. Right? I mean, the, the mistake for the goal, first and foremost, his head went, and then he dived, and Henderson's going, oh, fuck off, you dived. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't get any worse, And then you had um, then you had Willie Bolly who took a ball to the face. Pause. Um, no idea how he didn't get concussion from that. That was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> and I think the second thing I just wanted to quickly touch on is um, Massey Kudos to Neko Williams for his um, yeah man, big him up getting, yeah. getting a yellow card early on, having to guard um, Podence uh, at the beginning of the game. Was it Neto? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, having to guard him at the beginning of the game, a uh, yeah, tricky winger, um, similar to how Neres was in the week, and then you know you get switched onto Adama Traore, and then kind of kind of locked him up really. Um, it's 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 insane. So we've got to give massive praise to him and how he kind of kind of coped through the game too. But no man, fantastic stuff. Yeah, and sure. finally, finally, Chris is going to be happy on this one. Shout out Bobby Firmino. I know I said it on the post-match pod, but I feel like Firmino was sharp and he's getting back to all the things that we love from him. Yeah. Um, obviously, his performance warranted a goal, in my opinion, and goals are currency, so we want to see more of that, Bobby, but the link-up play in the last match was really, really good, bar the Genie goal, which was a bad touch, and luckily it broke away to Henderson, but he looks like he's getting back to where we want him to be, and maybe it's the sign of your arm, maybe it's the fact that you've been sitting on the bench for a bit and got a bit of rest. Who knows where it is at the moment, but I'm really, really happy to see that, man. He's one of my favourite players, and I really want to see him hit those heights again. For sure. And yeah, I just want to touch on the Nico point. I've seen, obviously, we've all seen throughout the past year when he's had um, a difficult game, people jumping on the bandwagon and kind of calling him out on social media, atting the kid and kind of criticising him. He's 19 as well. So you know what? I've kind of made the conscious effort to kind of praise him every time mm-hmm. he does well. So I've been atting him directly and I hope others have done the same. Because wicked, wicked, wicked. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy enough to criticise a player and at him when he has a bad game, but when he has a good yeah. game, are you going to do the same thing? Yeah, so, man, uh, tell him that he did don't, well, don't, man. Don't be, a, don't be a little pussy behind a football alley, calling out plays and stuff. <laughs> when, you know, you're just like, you're just 14, you're wanking it on. It's like, get a life, man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, true, man. It's true. And football too can be so nasty at times, man. Give the boy his praise when he deserves it. Give him his flowers while you can... Bro, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like 11 years older than him. I like when he plays well and does his little post about you know good three points, or whatever. I like I write a little paragraph in the comments for him. I don't care if he reads it or not, but more people need to do that for him because he's going to grow more as a player if he knows that this massive fan base are behind him. What, mm. what player is how many players are the complete article at 19? Yeah, he's sure. unfortunate he's directly up against a player who was, but that's not his fault. Let him follow his trajectory, man. That that. 
it's yeah. just like you're saying, it's so inhumane what people do, man. How nice would it have been for him as well, at the point of that performance, to have 2,000 people in the ground cheering him on and clapping him yeah. on the yeah. pitch, you know, yeah, saying that's yeah, a job yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, I, I, yeah. just gotta get behind your players, man. No point calling them all out. Unless they have a shit game, then fair enough. And like it says as far as his background for the YouTube watchers, unity is strength in it. Like we should stick together. And I've always been of the mind that we can criticize individually at home, but publicly we should show a display of strength. Sunday service. Sunday service from Marco there. Preach Marco. <laughs> Preach brother Marco. <laughs> also big up to the club for the uh, for the for the anti racism message that was on the side of the ground as well, man. Because yeah, that was, uh, that was good fuck, to see. Fuck Millwall. Fuck Millwall. Big yeah. You know what? They're getting praised. Listen, they're getting praised right now for not booing tonight. Honestly, like this, this is That's how ridiculous, ridiculous this country the bar is. is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> they're getting praised for not booing. <laughs> like, I, I, honestly, I, I could speak about twenty minutes about this stuff, but I I honestly, oh my god! All right. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's stick to Liverpool. Um, thoughts on the current position in the league? So obviously, we we've had a lot of injuries. We've had a hell of a lot of injuries. We've had arguably our best player out for um, pretty much the season now. And, you know, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, you know, Gomez was going to get injured, Van Dijk injured, Thiago wasn't really going to play, Henderson was going to be out for half the season, Trent was going to be out for five, six games. Would you have expected for us to be in the position that we're currently in? No way. What do you think? Not a chance. Like I said, I was exp- I was just trying to be a proud parent, even if my kid loses 15-0, just the, f- the fact that they, you know, turned up with all of the bumps and bruises that they have. I didn't expect this. And we're, we're in a great position. I guess the big thing now, looking forwards, is that Spurs have kind of come out of their tough run of games now. So they, they've done really well to come out of what they've done. And now mm. they're probably going to try and put their foot on the accelerator. And I, I just don't want us to lose... The momentum that we've earned and, and this Christmas Christmas period is going to be huge for us. I, I don't know if it's realistic that we're going to win every game, but I think we need to be aiming for, you know, as close to maximum points as possible because City as well, they look a lot more settled. They're barely conceding any goals now, aren't they? So, um, you know, players like Diaz and stuff have settled in. It just looks like the top three or top four at the moment, with Chelsea included, are going to be what they are, but they all look very consistent now in all areas of the pitch. So we can't afford to be the ones who slap. Yeah, fair point. Mark, what do you think? Um, I honestly didn't expect it. And for quite some time, as you can imagine, everybody in the Discord community, touchdown community, has heard me say back-to-back, 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 because I see it happening. Um, After the Virgil injury and after the Gomez injury, I couldn't have even envisioned us being where we are at the moment. We're second on goal difference. That were better than most people in the league. And I still think we win the league. Like based on what we currently have and how many people we have injured and how many people are to come back in and the current gear we're playing at, we're not even playing that well. And we're first, well, second in the league. I was going to say joint first, but let me not be shameless. But second in the league on goal difference. There's not much more I can ask from this group of lads. Like They're amazing. They're mentality monsters. They've put their all into every single game. I'm not going to comment on Aston Villa. It was a blip. <laughs> it's what it is. I don't even really remember it like that. I'm I still think COVID. half the squad had COVID because the I'm way they were playing, on, sure they honestly. Gomez was running through mud, so he 100% had COVID. 
we've had people, even more people missing than you named. We've had Salah out for a period of time. We've had Mane out for COVID. We've had so many people out, and we still haven't decreased the level of football that we've been playing or decreased the level of results that we should be getting bar Aston Villa. So these men just seem like they're on course to bang another one. And you're going to make me so proud. Like I cried. I cried against Chelsea when we lifted it. And you're going to make me cry again, literally. Marco, that thing you're saying, though, about the Villa game, if if a 7-2 thumping is what it took for us to wake up and realise what yeah. this season's going to be, give me one game rather than five slack draws. You know what exactly, I mean? Give me one exactly. absolute horror show because the, the response has been massive. So, yeah. And that's exactly what the silver lining was for me after the Aston Villa game. It was, we're getting a bit too comfortable as champions. We might need a little reality check. And even though it was a very big reality check, like, 72 still hurts. I wake up some mornings and I realise we lost 72 at the villa. Like, you know, Harry Potter's got a scar on his head and he sometimes burns whenever it mentions yeah. Bob's name. Kind of like that, innit? You need Dumbledore, you need Dumbledore to do that thing. You see a little vein anytime Jack Grealish is mentioned, any single time, regardless if it's England or not. But it was needed. It was needed. And you can see the full circle they've done in terms of mentality, in terms of performance since then. We've just been absolutely shy to shy. And since then, we have lost both our senior centre-backs. And Fabinho's come in and been absolutely amazing. Like, how can you be a world-class defensive midfielder and then a world-class defender? Like, it's absolutely nuts. And Matip somehow is not getting injured. And I don't know what drugs they're giving him. Stop, Marco, <laughs> stop, 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 stop <laughs> drinking it. Yeah, right. no, like the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, glam, um, glam. I, I want to ask you, like, do you, if you had to weight it between it it being the quality of the club right now and the quality of the squad, or the lack of quality in our opposition, which way would you go with it? Like, for us to be in the position that we're in. Um. Well, now on. Well, I think well the quality of the squad. Quality of the squad. Hundred percent. Like, um, I think our squad now, um, the injuries that we've got and the injuries that we've impacted. I'll be honest. Um, I didn't. It's more the results. It's more the fact of how we're playing. And just as Marco just touched on, Fabinho looks like a centre half and a top class centre half. Not a makeshift. He looks like a top class centre half. And the. In, any 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 sort of injuries or anything we come across, we deal with. And credit to the coach and staff, credit to Liverpool and you know what I mean Klopp and his philosophy. Do you know what I mean? I do I do criticize Klopp sometimes on his formation and his subs and so <laughs> what. But if 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 you look at you know what I mean players that are coming in, they know they know what to do. They know what's expected of them. Do you know what I mean? And I just think that I'll take the quality of Liverpool all day long. And it's ours to lose. I don't care about Spurs' form. I don't care about City's form. Like, you know what I mean? We just saw us destroy Wolves. Destroy Wolves, the first team players out. And it's all it's all in our hands. It's, it's, it's us to lose. I'm sorry. I'm not, if I come across cocky or some people listening to this and think I'm being obviously na- naive or whatever, then fuck you. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's us to lose. Simple as that. Fahi, Fahi, what you just said about is it the is it the teams we're up against? I actually think this is the best a lot of these teams have looked in years. This is the mm. best Chelsea team. This is the best Spurs team they've had in years. This is the best City have looked defensively in at least you know eighteen months. This the fact that we we look stronger than 
these teams that that have been playing at their best level for at least four or five years is, you know, it says more about our squad, like Glam said. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Chris, like, we've not even discussed the Champions League tonight because we obviously don't give a crap about Michelin. Um Yeah, because we're obviously through. Uh, ha- with the current situation and the squad being how it is, what do you envisage us doing in the Champions League this season? Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, I think so far in the Champions League, I think it's been a really good journey for clubs to take the players on because you consider the fact that we've had no Gomez for most of it, had no Virgil for most of it, Nathalips. He's not even registered for the competition. So you've been playing Reese Williams for most games in centre-back. You're having to manage Matip's minutes and you're bedding a few more players in. I think that journey has been more important than we know probably behind the scenes in terms of yeah. getting the collective squad buy-in, um, which I don't think is an issue anyway. But that, again, shows you kind of the, the aim for the squad. It shows you where you want to go. Uh, I've notoriously been on record saying that I don't think an English team will win the Champions League this season simply because that for the rest of the recovery, we don't have five subs, all of that jazz. Um, I think it's going to be a massive hindrance in the long in the long form. That okay. being said, if we make it to the quarterfinals, which would be one step better than we did last year, um, let's see where the look of the draw takes us. Because by the time that the Champions League rolls around again in February, because let's be honest, we, we can send out the, the Looney Tunes team that plays the Monstars in Space Jam tomorrow, and it wouldn't really matter. As soon as February runs around, we'll have Thiago back. We'll have Ox back. Most yeah, of the people, baby. Be, yeah, baby. but most of the people will be on top form, man. So it's going to be well. I just would that everyone's on top form, but you know we've kind of kept up a little bit of resilience. And then you take it one game at a time. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the Champions League because when you look around the other clubs in Europe, I mean, Real Madrid might not even qualify for the last sixteen. You've got United in a knockout tie this evening, so by the time this goes out, we'll know their fate. There's no one that you would consider dangerous apart from possibly Bayern Munich. So yeah. it's yeah. it's a really weird one. But so let, let's just see where it rolls around by the quarterfinals and let's see the journey that we have to take on. Um, I do think for, for for this season so far, I'm so fucking proud of them. It, it goes without saying. And Sunday, I think, is bigger than the we, we know because you get the fans back in the ground and then you can re- you, you go out and you blast. I'm so sorry, man. United are losing. Angelino just scored. That's why we were cheering. That's why we. I was screaming oh, silently. Sorry, Get up. <laughs> well, what do you think we were doing? You think I was having a seat? You think I was having a seizure or something? Why did someone die then? So <laughs> Mark's face like. Sorry, I'm on PS4, so the shoes are a little late in it. But boy, wow. 
Alright, cool, carry on, my <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, me and, and Fahi were literally shaking like this. Yeah, you did this, I thought you did it. I saw you and I got it. This spread up. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think we were cheering at Chris? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, know I, Chris I, is, I, I know Chris is inspirational or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing the Iran money dance in the background, like. <laughs> hey, I, for, for, the listeners, for the listeners, Discord. Right now would be the perfect time for Discord. And oh, Discord is going to the game's finished, Mark. <laughs> 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 I need for future reference. I need for future reference, innit? Anytime the team is losing, jump on Discord and you'll have some fun. Honestly, so much fun. fun. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with this podcast, do you really? Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think I think Sunday is bigger than what we know in terms of team morale because you get the fans back in the ground. You absolutely dismantle Wolves for no, like you said, far you're not get, really getting out of second gear. Hmm. It shows you, it, 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 as corny as it sounds, it, it shows you what you're fighting for, yeah. and you get that roar of the crowd back. And this is the first time the fans have been in the ground since we won the league. Mm. And, you know, this isn't a procession of champions that we wanted. And it, it goes to show you again that by if you win if you win the league by the end of the season, there'll hopefully be more fans on the ground. And you can give these supporters the time of their life for the, to make up for what they missed out on the first time. Honestly, but, we need it, man. Shame, we Chris. do, man. But we really do. I mean, we haven't been able to celebrate this league, league title properly. And it burns, man, because when you've been waiting as long as we have to celebrate a league, it's, it's torturous. But... No, I mean, you've got to give massive shout-outs to every single one of the players just for the resilience that they've had playing through the pain barrier. Um, the, the attackers picking up the slack when the defence wasn't in its, its, its best paces. Role players stepping up like Neko, Kelleher, uh, Curtis Jones. I'd even give a little bit, a bit of a shout-out to Shakiri at certain points. I mean, he's probably filled up his annual two-game quota now and he's gone back yeah. on, the, on, on the injury table. But, but no, man, and I think we're also in a really good position where we're seeing the we're seeing reinforcements come back into the squad now. So it was so good to see Trent come back at the weekend, come off the bench, whip a ball in and say, OK, cool, I'm back. I'm here to take the crown. Reese James, thank you for doing your best race road impression, but you know, I'll come back to take the, take the top spot yeah. here. Um, you've got Ox coming in. I think he will be a really good asset in the next few months. Um, mm. Just for a bit of dynamism from midfield. But yeah, man, onwards and upwards. Let's see what we do in January transfer window. If we bring in any more reinforcements, but... I'm cautiously optimistic with the full season going forward. And just to add to what Chris is saying, yeah, if we, in fact, when we do win the title, I'm going to speak it into existence. When we do win the title, every single person in the squad who has played a part needs to be cheered. Not just the first eleven, because Nico's played his part, Keller has played his part, Reese James, has, sorry, Reese Williams has played his part. So you got me a bit there with Reese James and Reese Murray. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, Reese James. Thank you, Reese um, James, for everything you've done for Liverpool. <laughs> Matt Phillips has played his part. Every single one of these lads have played their part and have come in and been absolutely seamless in their integration into the team. And I feel like it should be a whole squad's collective clap. It should be all of them celebrated together. And that's one thing I've really loved about Klopp. In terms of what he's done for the club as a whole, in terms of instilling the culture, making the players play a certain way, making them play for the badge, and instilling a way of playing throughout the tiers from under 18 to under 23 to the first team. Every single person knows exactly how we play, exactly what is wanted from them and will give 100% to the club. And I'd love to see it. Not many clubs can say the same. Yeah, it's true. Obviously, it's true. certain clubs are losing right now. Bow, 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 bow. 
Yeah, it, it's it's very true. And Mush, I want to kind of quickly touch upon a point Chris made about having 2,000 fans back at Anfield. Obviously, in December, we've got another six games left. and I can't remember how many games we've got at home. How crucial and how important do you think it is having fans back in the stadium? And do you think they're really going to give us that extra edge that we need? I 100% think we do. And I think, forget us doing it. People will say we're being biased. The bloody opposition are talking about it. Then Donka talking about how it felt like 15,000. And it genuinely did because I've seen some of the other games this week. You know, Brighton had a few fans back and a few different clubs had had fans back in their stadiums. It did not sound as loud as what Anfield sounded Mm. in that game. And it just, I think we're the kind of team as well, we love a bit of momentum to get us going. So, you know, when there's one good pass or we switch it and suddenly we know Robbo or Trent are in and that roar that starts to happen, it just feels like, you know, it drives those players forward. And and people who think that fans and, and you know, atmosphere in the ground doesn't affect a football team, I, I just think that's completely incorrect. Human psychology is all about inspiration. And I just think we draw from it better than probably any other club on the planet. So, of course, it makes a difference for us. And it was lovely to hear renditions of Si Senor, the ones I can remember vividly anyway, Si Senor and Andy, 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 Andy Robertson. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. It's just nice to hear hear your Anfield vibes again whilst watching the game, man. man. Instead of that artificial crowd, the the artificial crowd noise did its job for whatever period it is. Right. <laughs> you know how I feel about artificial crowd noise. My, my favourite thing from the weekend, crowd crowd wise, was at the West Ham game. It was dead quiet, and you had one guy from the stands who the mic was too close to him going, "You're not fucking fit to ref Sandy League." <laughs> <laughs> and then Sky, and then the Sky commentator goes, "So I should read any bad language there? Um, can't control that." So, just. Just gotta love fans sometimes. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's great to have fans back, man. And yeah, I'm I'm sure, yeah, and I, I I do hope they are. You know, it kind of increases as time goes on, which I'm pretty certain it will. But yeah, um, guys, I, I guess that's the end of our pod for tonight. Um, today, even Chris, Mush, Mark, Glam, thank you for joining me. Um, listeners, thank you for listening in. Please join in in the conversation on Twitter, hashtag TouchbyFracker. Um, at us as well at Coppin Fracker. Follow us on Instagram at Coppin Fracker. And yeah, as I've already plugged, the YouTube channel and our Patreon page. And until next time, take it easy. Network.